If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Health Care for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey, 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 Better Nation. I can't believe it's my birthday. Yes, it's Dr. Erica, and this year has flown by. You know how they say time flies faster as you age? Well, my face says one age, but my wisdom and experience say a totally different age. One that's probably a bit older than my face. But, you know, that's how, how it goes. Well, welcome to a special bonus episode where you get to have a peek behind the curtain into the life of Dr. Erica. So in this episode, I'm going to share reflections on my past year and strategies that I'm putting in place to make my next year of life even better. You know I'm all about the be better, do better, live better. And I have to do that for myself just like I do it for you. Now questions this episode will answer are, how do you use the Better 7 as a reflection tool? How does Dr. Erica implement the Better 7 to plan for her goals? What does legacy look like beyond children? So whether you are just starting your journey of adulting or trying to figure out this midlife situation, there is something for you in this episode. Plus, you're going to get to know me more and learn how I face my own challenges. So let's go ahead and get to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. Welcome. I'm excited to spend time with you all today. Now, you might be like, Dr. Erica, why are we talking about this topic? Because the topic tonight is reflections on another year of life. Well, you may have guessed it. Someone has a birthday. I'm not going to tell you what day, but I have a birthday coming really soon. Or maybe it just passed. Who knows? Do you know? Well, and I want to take some time to reflect on this last year, the things I've learned and things that may also be helpful to you. So it's kind of like quality time, but give self-help tips all at the same time and mental wellness tips. Tips. So I'm excited to be able to do that for you today. So let's go ahead and get started. You might be like, Dr. Erica, why are we even talking about this? Well, number one is sometimes it's good to know who you're talking to. So if you tune into me, this is an opportunity to get to know a little bit more about me. But more than it being about me, it's me being able to share my life lessons with you and some tips and how that weaves into how to be better, do better, and live better. And also some strategies I've learned along the way of being a mental health professional and how I put all these things together in my own life. But also a few tales of how I've made it past some struggles that may be able to help inspire you. So are you ready? Shall we do this? Let's do this. Let's make this happen. So the framework we're going to talk about today that we're going to put this in is the better seven. You all hear me talk about it. The better seven are these seven essential areas that are very important to be able to live your life, to be better, do better, to live better, to live your life the way it was created for. So I just want to give you a little framework of where we are coming from. So the first thing just to say in general is, I said I have a milestone birthday. I guess you can decide if it's 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Um, I know it ain't more than 50. But at these times, as you're starting to get older, you're starting to take kind of stock of what's been going on with your life and how to make it better. And one of the biggest things is, that's one of the reasons we um, I did the talk for Growth Groove about legacy, is really thinking of what is your legacy? What is my legacy? It's 
developmentally appropriate to start having these conversations and really thinking of what that means for you and what that means for me. And for me, it's not about having children. Um, I don't have any kids. I don't plan to have any kids. I'm not trying to have any kids. Love the kids. I am perfectly fine with um, being auntie. I am perfectly fine with that. But for me, I had to really start thinking, what is the legacy I want to leave and what do I ultimately want to do? And what I've wanted to do, my purpose seems like it's been very similar over the years, but how to fulfill it has changed. And one of the conversations I had on a past podcast episode with Dr. Delicia Haynes, we talked about those times when you feel like you're living in your purpose and aligned to your perfect purpose but that is not aligned with you and it's not good for you. And I think one of the biggest things in this stage of my life is looking back and looking forward about what my purpose is and how to live in line with my purpose in a way that feels good and doesn't feel like it's hurting me. And one of the things that happens for a lot of people, especially all of you that have purposes that have to do with service, is there can be time that we're trying to live or you're trying to live in your purpose, where it is exhausting you, where it is draining you, where it's taking out every single last piece of life. That's not what I want for you. And that's not what I want for myself. So I've had some really intimate conversations with myself, honest conversations. And it's one of the things I always say is the, the baseline for being able to be better, do better, and live better, part of that baseline is being able to have an authentic, honest conversation with yourself. Because if you're fooling yourself, you can't be honest with anybody else. How are you going to do it? So uh, my purpose I have found is to be able to spread love and impact others so that they can accept love. It's my purpose is to basically be one human piece of sunshine that allows people to be able to accept and spread love in return. Probably does it make sense that I'm a psychiatrist. I help people. I talk about feelings. I deal with feelings all day, every day. That is my jam. But I'm at a point now where, put it in the chat, let me know what age you think I'm turning. But at this age, I feel a level of urgency. Hey, good to see you. Not urgency from a sense of panic, but urgency as a sense of I'm becoming acutely aware of time. <laughs> that's so cute. And that's something that has been escalating as I get older. But I also realize a lot of us have become aware of time, especially with the pandemic, with how many deaths were happening and people were unexpectedly leaving this life and this planet as you become, become acutely aware of time. And I started feeling this urgency, not a, not a rush, not a pressure, but an urgency that I don't have an infinite amount of days and hours to fulfill my purpose, to live my life the way I want to live it, and to do all of these things I want to do. I don't have infinite days and that's okay. I'm, I'm not sad about it, but it just gave me an urgency of really having some honest conversations about myself or with myself about what do I really want to do? Who do I want to be? So let's talk about some of, some of these reflections beyond just the processing. So let's go back to the better seven. We're going to make our way around it. So the first thing we're going to talk about today is structure. So how your day is structured, scheduling, what is going on in your day. One of the things I have identified is I do really well with this morning routine by Hal Elrod. If you haven't read it, there's a book called or listen to it, a book called The Miracle Morning. And he in it, he talks about SAVERS, which stands for silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, inscribing, or writing. I have found that to be a phenomenal way to set the tone for my day. And I typically will have a significantly higher level of productivity and mental clarity on days I do that. So on one hand with structure, it's making sure that I start my day off right. And I had to really start becoming intentional about prayer and meditation and making those things also surround what I'm looking for in this season and also pray for the assistance 
<laughs> to be able to not only do what I want to do, but to be able to fulfill whatever God's plan is for me. But the other thing that I've been doing that I recently did with structure is I don't know how many of you out there have, has anybody out there gone down the rabbit hole of reels or TikToks or similar videos on Facebook? Not big on the TikTok, but one of the things I realized that happened for a lot of us is you get tired. You've had a long day. You've used so much brain power that by the time you get to the end of the day, you need some mindless entertainment. And I was finding that I was spending way too much time scrolling through the gram, looking at stuff about Korean dramas, K-pop puppies and babies and a little bit of food. And I just realized it was too much time. I've been having difficulty working out. Um, I need to go to bed earlier so I can get up earlier because I'm very much a morning person. I have a really high level of productivity in the morning and that I needed that time back. It was just too much time being wasted. So you might be like, Dr. Erica, how does this relate to structure? So it relates to being able to intentionally schedule things. And one of the things I needed to do was intentionally schedule my life in a way that did not have so much of my time sucked up with social media. Um, the great Dr. Lauren, Dr. Lauren Powell, who I love, um, who maybe will hear this, is she had this wonderful quote when we took a class from her. And she says she spends her time on social media creating content, not consuming. And I just realized I really need a more targeted time with social media where it wasn't just taking up time and I wasn't being brainless with it. So I, I downloaded an app. I'm not getting paid for this. But a lot of times I realized I'm at a place now where there are so many competing interests and things. I need some things to help me out to do this. So what this hack I'm going to tell you right now, it's related to structure, but it also is related to support. So number four, so what's a resource that can help me do that? Because apparently me being to my own devices wasn't being successful. So how I used support was I got an app. I think it's called WellSpent, but there are plenty of apps that help, help you monitor and decrease social media usage. And I literally said it. So Facebook and Instagram, I get no more than an hour. I actually originally said a Facebook, Instagram and messages, but especially since my um, messages for my practice are dictated, it got a little iffy because I hit some time crunches due to messages. And then it's trying to tell me, don't look at your messages, turn your phone off. <laughs> so I took messages out, but I said, we're going to drop to no more than one hour. And it's really, I've been able to pretty much stick to it. But I knew I needed some outside help and I knew what the motivation was is I needed the time. So that's one way I did with structures. I knew I'd been wasting too much time on social media and I knew for me, for what I do for work and those kinds of things and my business, I couldn't just say I'm just coming all the way off of social media. It wasn't functional, but mainly I just needed to not be on social media so much. So I just set up a plan. And that's one of the things I want to encourage you is when you realize there's something that's just not working, either there's something that you don't need to be doing that you're doing too much or something you need to be doing that you're not, a structure is a great way to come back and do it and to start putting it in your schedule. So let's go to another one. The next one is sleep. <laughs> so one of the things that I reflected over is how much sleep I lost mindlessly scrolling on the social media. And I talk to my patient about this all the time. And I realized I was doing it. And that's one of the reasons I did that. Because for me, I set up that sleep schedule in my phone. So my phone automatically goes on do not disturb at 930. And it doesn't come off until it was coming off at six, but I just reset it for 630. Because I was like, I need more time in the morning with nothing. So my phone originally automatically goes on DND. But I knew that I needed to really prioritize sleep. So one of the things you can do is make sure your pillows are comfortable, your things are comfortable, that your room is clean, everything is organized, that you're not watching TV in the bed. So that's just sleep hygiene. But for me, the biggest thing with sleep was to cut out social media time because it was eaten into the back end of my day. I wasn't as much as one of those morning hop on social media and scroll forever. My issue was nighttime that I'd get tired and I'd just mindlessly scroll. So one of the ways I looked at sleep was that, and it's just a habit that had creeped up on me. I think because I was just mentally tired and a lot of you also are mentally tired. Let me know if anybody's a little bit tired after work. It's had to deal with how to how to come off of the socials. So we talked a little bit about sleep. So let's talk about self-talk and how self-talk has really impacted me over this past year. And one of probably for me, the biggest thing was self-talk for me 
has been something that affects a lot of you because we're all getting to a certain age. And, and drop it in the chat. Let me know, has anybody been dealing with their weight? Just let me know. Have you been dealing with your weight? I've been dealing with my weight. My weight, my waist has gone on sabbatical. My waist is like deuces. My waist is like, I ain't doing you no more. And I want to, the reason I want to talk about self-talk, and I told you I'd have an honest conversation with you today about some of my reflections, is my weight, I've been on the struggle bus with my weight since the second year of the pandemic. The first year was great. I got, I started working out. I read my, wrote my Peloton about five days a week. I was eating healthy, eating according to my microbiome. I dropped 20 pounds. Fabulous. Then it creeped up and then I picked up more than I lost. And it was hard because I, you know, that hasn't perpetually been my struggle. And, you know, hugs to every, all those people that have had this struggle much longer than me. But I realized it was just hard. And one of the things I realized about it is on one hand, I'll say pleasantly that I became an introvert for a little while with the COVID. And most of you that know me know I am a natural extra extrovert. And now I'd say I'm about an ambivert. But I also realized that one of the things that was happening is, number one, I sometimes people overload me a little bit right now. But the other thing is I realized I was staying in the house because I wasn't always happy with how I looked and didn't want to have to deal with. And this is shout out to everyone out there that's dealing with this. Sometimes you don't need one more person to tell you you gain weight. You know you gain weight. I knew I gained weight. I didn't need no. I need one more reminder I gained weight. And I realized I was staying in the house more. Partially because I was tired, but partially. Because I didn't want to come out. I didn't like my clothes. I didn't like how anything fit. Um, I didn't know what to do with this version of my body. So you might be like, Dr. Erica, well, what did you do? Well, the first thing is I had an honest conversation with myself and realized that part of my coping strategy with gaining weight was hiding. Let me drop drop it in the drop it in the chat if any of y'all have dealt with hiding as a coping strategy. Or just or just answer it to yourself. You don't have to answer it out loud on the chat if you want. Because some of y'all might be listening and, and just listening, not watching. And I want to say, I realized I couldn't hide anymore. <laughs> I had to do something. This Number one, for what I'm looking to do professionally, I can't hide and be stuck in a corner. Number two... I knew that I wanted to get back on stage and I do not like being on stage and then being salty about how my pictures look. And then it also takes effort when you're, have you ever been in a point where you're taking group photos and you're always trying to either get in the back or get someone sandwiched on either side of you. So only the middle of you is showing. So you feel like you don't look too big. And then you don't like it when everyone has to turn to the side because you feel like you look thick and you're concerned about all your angles. And then you just like, I don't even want to see the picture. Mm. So I was having some of that. So I had to have these honest conversations about what I felt, what was going on and what to do about it. And also give myself grace. I didn't gain this weight overnight. I wasn't gonna lose it overnight. And there were a lot of things going on. The world was literally on fire. It was part of my job to help fix it. So it is, it is what it is. Thanks, Tracy. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for Ask Dr. Erica. Well, you know, we've been talking about this birthday situation. And one question I keep getting over and over again is, Hey, Dr. Erica, what are you doing to celebrate, yes, my 50th birthday? What are you doing to celebrate your 50th birthday? The answer to that is surprising to some people because, quite honestly, I don't have the capacity or desire to throw a huge party or go on a big trip. So the follow up question is, well, then what are you doing? It's a big deal. What I decided to do is pick some people that mean a lot to me and really focus on relationships, knowing that that's something that's one of my core values and that really makes my life better. Because we've talked about the fact that my number one love language is quality time. So what I did is I bought some really pretty stationery, sent it out with directions and a self-addressed stamped envelope 
to people I care about so they could then send me back a message about what they think about me, how I've impacted their lives, or a wish for me, something like that. And then ultimately, my mother, who is the ultimate crafter, will scrapbook it. But I'm excited about having something to commemorate this milestone that'll last longer than a party or a trip. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm having the best time watching everyone else's parties and trips and all their videos and pictures. I just knew for me, authentically, in this moment, that I wanted to do something that really focused on relationships and the impact people have on me and I have on them. So that's the big way I'm celebrating my birthday. Now back to the show. Better with Dr. Erica. So I had to have some honest conversations with myself. Number one is be able to be honest and give myself some love. So part of that is the self-talk. Part of it is when you just look and you're just like, that's not good self-talk. You, we, I don't look at anybody else and, and pick apart how they look or or just be like, ooh, ooh, girl, mm, girl, why are you in front of the picture? I don't do that to anybody else. So I had to start checking my self-talk about my body image and start accepting my body for what my body is right in this moment. So I had to start checking that self-talk. And one another strategy I did with it is I took a moment and I thought, what are a handful of things you can do to feel better about your body? Let me, let me know anyone out there if you've had issues where your body changed and you weren't sure how to even dress it. I had issues where I didn't know how to dress my body. Didn't know. I didn't know what to put on it. I just knew what I was putting on it didn't look to me. And that's the issues. I don't think other people thought I <laughs> thought I looked as bad as I thought. Is I had to really think about what's going to make me feel good. And I realized a couple of things that I'm going to share them with you. One is I needed a few outfits, not an entire closet. Because I, I have a phenomenal closet in about three other sizes that is stellar. But I needed a few clothes that I could put on that when I put them on, I felt good. And girl, you ain't never lied. And the problem is, it's hard to hide a belly. My belly sits in a way, it is hard to hide it and not look like I'm wearing a tent. And that was something I had to learn was how to, how to make it feel like I didn't accentuate my belly, but wasn't wearing clothes so big that I just looked like a walking marshmallow. Because walking marshmallow, not necessarily sexy. And you're trying to figure out what's the perfect amount of ruching, Girl, and yeah, these these hormones at this age. I I am not in the menopause yet, but I everything has slowed all the way down. I don't know if any of y'all out there wish if I could just get my forty year old metabolism back. I don't need twenty. I don't need thirty. Give me forty. Give me forty. My forty year old metabolism back. So we were talking about what what I decided to do. So I realized I needed to find something to find a couple of clothes. And I was lucky enough, and I'm going to give a shout out to Kim Harden, who is the best stylist on the planet. Um, and we went to, and we're going to give another shout out to another HBCU grad, shout out to Tracy Nicole. We went to Tracy Nicole, and she was able to help me find some clothes I felt very good in that were very comfortable. And girl, I had on something Tracy Nicole clothes. <laughs> but I had to find something I felt really good in. And I bought a few outfits. I didn't buy the whole store. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't have buy the whole store budget. I used to have that budget. I don't have that budget no more. So I decided to buy a few things that felt good. And all you women out there, the other thing I did is sometimes we gain weight. Our boobs do different things. Boobs and stuff around it. Is I went and had a bra fitting and bought a few bras that fit very well. Cause no, the other thing that happens when your body changes, has any, is, is just me or you feel like things rub differently or you feel it or something's kind of sitting over something or, or rubbing or, or pushing the boob the wrong way. I was like, what we're not gonna do is wear uncomfortable clothes. 
So um, I went and got a good bra fitting. Two places that do free bra fittings that are respectable, that are, you don't have to go and spend like a whole cash load and feel like it, is Dillard's and the Soma. This should be a, I should be a brand ambassador for numerous things today. So I went to Soma, but, you know, I would have gone to Dillard's, but Soma ended up being a little bit more convenient. And I bought a few bras that fit. And it made a big difference because one of the things that happened happened to me at least, and I, I suspect it happens to a lot of you when you gain weight, is your clothes are reminding you you gained weight because things are rubbing, they're moving. I had issues with pantyhose, feeling like they were rolling down. It was just too, it was a sensory overload. And I think that's one of the things we don't talk about as much is the sensory experience you have as your body changes. So that was why it was really important for me to find a few outfits that fit well, shop some sales, went to Soma, got a bright bra fitting. And I will say it. I bought one bra and then waited until they had a sale. <laughs> I bought the rest of the bras on sale, one up for the sale and just got some things that fit well that I felt confident in so that it was a lot easier for me to be kind to myself and look in the mirror and be like, girl, you look good today. You look good. Because what ends up happening is when you don't feel good about your body, that negative self-talk starts coming up because it's like, oh, I don't like how I look. This doesn't fit well. I gained weight. And you have this whole entire dialogue. There's literally an entire soliloquy of all the things you don't like about yourself. And what I want to do and what I encourage you to do is get to a point where the whole soliloquy is about all the things you love about yourself. So we want to change that, that self-talk to all the things you love about yourself. Girl, don't get me started because I didn't buy a new size leggings too in the pandemic. Old leggings rolling down. <laughs> that started becoming a fan of um, high-waist leggings. <laughs> I feel like all these things that when we were younger, we didn't have to worry about that now I have to think about. You know, and that's why I was like, we got to do something because this middle-aged body has got to go. At least that's my personal commentary. I'm ready for it to go. So let's see what is next. We're making ourselves around there. So we did self-talk. So support. So support is really big for me. And it comes back to a few things I'm doing. So support is about what's around you, the people around you, the people, resources, services, anything that can make your life easier, make your load lighter, give you more capacity or pour into you. And one of the things I did is I started becoming very intentional about, I have time on my calendar for connection time. But also if there's someone I haven't seen for a while or I run into someone, I'm like, we're supposed to have time. We work calendars out immediately. It's like, okay, here are some dates. What do you think? What works for you? And become very intentional about setting time to spend together. But the other thing I realized is by default, my parents are divorced. My parents were married 20 years and 11 months. Yes, 20 years and 11 months. They were married a whole long time before they weren't. Love both of them dearly. I have two phenomenal, phenomenal parents. And I realized that I spend significantly more time just by default because I've lived with my mother as an adult. And I wasn't there all the time. So I wasn't, I didn't just empty, I didn't failure to failure fly situation. I just moved back home for a while and worked on the road and it made more sense to stay there. But it's okay if you're you're back home and you gotta be back home. Is I realized I just wasn't spending as much time and I wasn't quite as intentional with time with my father's family as I'm with my mother's, my mother's family. You know, I go home, I see them for coffee, family events, all this stuff, girls night. And I spend lots of time with them. And I realized I needed to start becoming more intentional because I love my father's family just as much about spending time with my father's family. So that's one thing that I've really thought about that I'm I'm really pledging and making an effort to do for my next year of life and going forward is to be more intentional with my father's side of my family. But as far as support, there are other couple things. Now I told you I've been 
dealing with this weight situation. And then I was like, okay, you know, we got love the skin we in. I can't even remember what commercial that was about love the skin you're in. Is that I decided what can I have to support me in having optimal health and wellness, which also means losing some of this weight. And I realized I've I have a I have a wellness coach, but I've been trying to work out on my own. In two years, it has not been working out well. Um, so I decided, what can I do to support that? Because I love my Peloton, but it's been hard getting back on it. I love the Peloton community, but if you're not on your Peloton, you ain't on Peloton. Um, so I realized even when we were putting stuff on my schedule and I was putting workouts on my schedule, I was talking about it with my wellness coach. I was talking about it with my therapist. It's on my schedule. All these people are talking to me. I wasn't working out. And I had to really just have some time with myself about what can I do to make that happen? Because I know for me, and I don't know if this is the case for you, I, I'm at an age now, I can eat phenomenally. I can eat the cleanest of the clean, cleanest of the clean. Not gonna lose a lot of weight. I have to have intentional movement at this age. And I had to finally bite the bullet and look at, into getting an outside support or resource with accountability. So I have two things. One is my best friend and I, we put an accountability group together that includes someone that is not our close friend. Cause I don't know how many of y'all out there when it's you and your close friends, y'all give, we all give each other a little extra leeway. I'll be like, you messing, you know, if it's something big, we'll be like, you messing up. But it's like, oh, you hate a burger, girl. You better, you'll be doing that next time. And we needed someone in our group that was not going to necessarily give us as much slack as we would give each other. And that has been wonderful. So one thing is just really look for ways to get accountability. The next thing was I made a consultation with a personal trainer because I will work out if I have an appointment with a human. I realized where I am right now is not enough in the habit of having an appointment with me. I am not doing the best of keeping appointments with me. When it comes to working out, I keep appointments with me for other stuff, but I have not been doing well with keeping appointments for me for working out. So for support, I'm looking at another personal trainer who fits my current entrepreneurial budget. <laughs> um, I had this accountability group. I, and as I said before, I'm, I'm really becoming intentional about connecting more with my father's family and being intentional about connecting with my friends. And when we get done, I'll, I'll tell you what I decide to do with my 50th birthday. And that'll, that'll give you an idea of why support is so big and what some of my biggest themes are looking at my next year of life. So we're making it around. So we're making it to silence. And I mentioned earlier that I've been becoming more intentional about reintegrating the miracle morning back in my, my days and to get back to meditating in the morning, um, morning prayer, and also meditating and prayer, praying around goals, strategies, and changes specifically, very specifically, um, which I, I think is just really important. And I, I want to encourage you to utilize silence. I was doing an interview for my podcast this weekend with David Miller. The episode won't come out for a little while. And we were talking about all of these things that we learn when you quiet your mind enough to hear your intuition, hear the voice of the universe, hear the voice of God, hear the voice of whoever your higher power is, or just hear your own true voice on the inside, inside. And the amount of quiet it takes to do that and how you have to be able to have this silent time to connect with yourself that way. And what the miracles and the beautiful big things and the manifestation that can happen when you quiet your mind enough to connect. So I just really realized the reflection over the last year is I've been intermittent with that. Well, there are times I do that really great. And then times there's a little bit of a break when I'm stressed out. And I realize that I need to, regardless of if I'm stressed or not, to do that. And for you all too, like, ironically, silence is a tool that helps in moments of stress, moments of pain, and moments of joy. So don't be afraid to use it. Better with Dr. Erica. It's time for What's Up with Dr. Erica. Hey, it's Dr. Erica here. 
And as we've been talking about, it's my birthday. And one of the things I always tell people about is I was a certified daddy's girl from the moment I was born. I was talking to my dad the other day and if you don't know already, I have some type of communication with my dad every day. And he started to launch into this song. So my dad made up this song called Daddy's Little Baby Girl. Forgive my singing, but it's like Daddy's Little Baby Girl. Daddy's Little Baby Girl. Daddy's, Daddy's, Daddy's Little Baby Girl. Boom, boom, boom. You get the gist. So I was on the phone with my dad and I said, Dad, when did you make that song up? When did you start singing it to me? And he said, as soon as you came out of the womb. So I am blessed to say on this birthday, one of the things I get to think back to and have a lot of gratitude for is the amount of love that I've had in my family. And just, I have such a great dad and it's such a blessing. So I'm going to take this opportunity on the podcast to say thank you, dad. And thanks, mom, for choosing him. You did, you did good. But that's just a little peek into what's up with Dr. Erica. Welcome to Goodwin Medical Associates, where we provide customized, caring telepsychiatry that is delivered with compassion by a Harvard-trained, double-board-certified psychiatrist. Don't you know that everyone, including you, deserves great mental health? Visit www.goodwintelepsych.com for more information and to book your free consultation. So we're on to, we're almost through, we're at supply. And one of the reflections I had in the wonderful world, (laughs) we've been talking about my weight a lot, though, is just really wanting to be better about my health. Because how many of you out there, I suspect, as you get older, we're younger, you get a physical get lab, you're like, oh, whatever. You get older, you really start looking at those numbers. You start looking at the numbers with a fine-tooth comb. Like, how my cholesterol doing? How my hormones doing? How my thyroid doing? What's some sugars? And you start looking at that with a fine-tooth comb and really want to get to a point where your body's functioning optimally. And I remember a podcast episode with Dr. Jada Moore Ruffin where we talked about this, about really being intentional with your body because your body is going to really have that mind, body, spirit connection. And if we take care of it physically, it puts you in a better place to have better mental health. And our, one of the big ways that you can take care of your body is being intentional about what goes into your body. And um, one of the things that for me is just really reflecting is Given what my goals are, I was giving myself way too much. I was giving myself 20 year old, 20, 25 year old latitude, and I am in my four. I'm not in my 20s. So I can't give myself that kind of latitude. And I realized that this perpetual tomorrow, well, we'll do this today. We're splurging today. We'll do that tomorrow. We're going to get to it tomorrow. And I mentioned before, and I think someone told me, I think it was someone, I think it was Take Six that did the song tomorrow. Um, let me know if I'm wrong, but I think someone said it was take six. I knew it was either take six or commission, but I think it's take six, take six. And just really realizing that at some point tomorrow has to be today. And I made the decision that tomorrow is today, but it's so easy, especially because so many of you and a lot of us are dealing with a lot of stress. And one of the ways to deal with it is all these different splurges of things we eat, things we drink. I'm fortunate. I don't drink alcohol. So that hasn't been something I have to think about. I drink tea and I usually drink my tea straight. So luckily for me, liquid input isn't too janky, um, but I live above a sports bar. So there for a while, anytime I was tired, I just go down and get the burger and fries. Doesn't work well. It's not well for this body. I need to be here a long time. I don't need a coronary or something. That ain't sexy. Uh, but really being cognizant of what you're putting in your body, what you're drinking and what you're eating. And I just really realized that I needed to reset, reset my body, reset my taste buds and reset what I crave. Because I know for me, and I'm not sure if it is for you, let me know if it is for you. When, when I get in a pattern of eating healthy, then what my body wants is healthy. If I'm not in a pattern of eating healthy, what my body wants is Milky Ways, caramel M&M's, 
White Castles. Sushi. Burgers, fries. Fried fish. <laughs> All the things. Don't mention I did a whole barbecue tour when I was um, a whole barbecue <laughs> tour last time I was home, which was glorious. And I do not regret a moment of it. But at some point I was like, I can't, can't eat. I need to take a break from the barbecue. But just really paying attention because as we talk about paying attention to all these seven dimensions, and as I reflected on the last year, if I want my next year to be different, I can't do everything the same. So I can't give myself full latitude all the time because I can't get my body to be at its optimal health. I can't get it to work its best emotionally, physically, and spiritually if I don't take care of it. And I realized to take care of it, I need to pay attention to supply. So I would encourage you to do that. And you probably guess what the last one is. <laughs> it's steps or intentional movement. And we've kind of rolled that in there as far as, for me, I just realized that ironically, I've gone through times where I have loved exercise. Confession, I do not enjoy running. There's never been a time I enjoyed running. I just enjoyed finishing. You can let me know if you like running. Some people love running. Running is not my jam. I really love being on my Peloton. You know, I had a great time with my old trainer. That was all fabulous. Um, but it's important to find a way to make intentional movement work for you. And what works in one season doesn't always work in the next season. So, for example, for me, early in the pandemic, me hopping on the Peloton five days a week wasn't a big deal. It was easy. I did it. The ride wasn't always easy, but getting motivated to get on the bike wasn't hard. Not the experience last year and a half. <laughs> but it, but that was my experience before. So I remember having a conversation with Dr. Diane previously on the podcast about how, how, what intentional movement seems easier or brings you more joy may change in a season. So I had a season where the one that didn't take a lot of motivation that I could just do was Peloton. I'm in the process of figuring out how to make that work this time, which is why I was like, I need to hire someone to get more accountability just so I get started. But I want to encourage you to think about what does intentional movement look for you, look like in your life? And if you don't have it, how do you get it? How do you actually make it happen? And to me, that's one of the biggest reflections over this year is having honest talks with myself about what do I want and how do I make it happen? Because it's really easy for us to say we want to, you know, you want to win the lottery, you know, you want you want the perfect man, you want the perfect body, you want a pair of Jimmy shoes. You got to think of how you're going to get there. And like that old Martin Luther King quote when he talks about, you don't have to see the whole staircase, you just need to see the next stair. At some point, I need to actually pull that quote up so I can actually say the quote right because I keep saying the quote wrong. I've been saying this quote paraphrased ever since Chuck Hobbs was on my podcast. That's just the truth. But I want to just say that for me, one of the biggest reflections over the last year of my life was just that it's time to do it. It's just time. It's, it, it's time to step into this potential that I've always known I've had and that people tell me I had, but I've always known um, a short story because I feel like we're telling all the stories and just doing a lot, a lot of quality time. And I appreciate you all for hanging in there and listening to me while we do just lots, lots and lots and lots of quality time. It's been a while since I've live streamed for this long. I have not live streamed for this long for quite some time, I think probably since sometime in the pandemic or as they say, the panini or the panorama, the Panera. <laughs> if you're from St. Louis, so it's always going to be St. Louis Bread Company. Shout out to St. Louis. Is there were a couple of times where I could have died, which have, has always led me to a belief in my soul that I was meant to be here to make a difference. I've fallen out of a car before, I've had a ceiling fan 
hit me in the head spontaneously. And I almost drowned. And I am still here. And I know I wasn't here to live small. So my goal was really to have some more thought of how to step into all of that purpose and all of that potential and all those things I was created for so I can be better, do better, and live better. And as I be better, do better, and live better, I help you be better, do better, and live better. Because I have the fortunate experience of having almost, shoot, count my residency, I have over 20 years of experience in human behavior. I've been doing the psychiatry thing for a long time now, a very a very, very, very long time. And it's it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing. I get to do work that touches people's soul and really makes a difference in their life. And that's a blessing. It's a blessing to make a, make money doing something that honestly makes a difference. But the one thing that I am very clear on is that with this purpose of spreading love and the capacity for love and the capacity for life, is I have to do some things that are not only one-to-one. So when I see patients, that's one-to-one. Now it multiplies. Let me tell you how it multiplies. It multiplies and you can see this in your life. If any of you have been to see a mental health professional or had therapy, is that as you get healthier, you, you by osmosis in your behavior and how you treat others make other people better just by being you. And so on that way, I realize it's one-to-one, but it's not truly one-to-one. But I know I was designed and put on this earth to do a little bit more one-to-many than I can if I'm seeing patients all day. And I really needed to get clear on how to fulfill my purpose in a slightly different way. So I'm working on some things, and it's part of the reason I've been doing so much speaking is to Everyone can't always get in to see one of us. And everybody can't see me. This way people get more of me out there in the interwebs and on the podcasts and in the audiences and the auditoriums and the ballrooms, you get more of me. Because at the end of the day, I need you to be able to live your life, not live someone else's life, not live the life someone told you, not live taking care of everyone else so you're not really living your life you are just serving almost in indentured servitude of the rest of the world i need you be to be able to live for you for if any other reason just because you're special you matter you deserve it you were created for a purpose that was not simply to take care of everyone else Part of the reason you have the ability to have these wonderful senses and experience the world and walk through the world, see, taste, hear, all of these things, touch, is so that you can experience the world firsthand. And I want to be here to help you experience it. And I want to be here with you. And part of the reason I've been reflecting on this year is seeing how I can help you and how I can take care of myself so I can be here at my best to help you. So I've decided that my 50th year, dang it, I said out loud, is about relationships, being true to myself, and stepping into every single ounce of my purpose with enthusiasm, joy, and love. So that's what I got for you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for doing all of this quality time while I talk to you about what I've been thinking about and what has been on my heart. I hope it's helpful. Let me know how it's been helpful for you. I feel all the love. Please follow and subscribe so that you can get updates of, of when I'm on. But again, I am your host, Dr. Erica, Harvard-trained, double-board certified psychiatrist and integrative lifestyle coach. I am extremely and irrationally passionate about helping you be better, do better, and live better. I do this through my adult telepsychiatry, my books, including Fix Your Fairy Tale, A Woman's Guide to a Great Life, Love, and Legacy, my speaking, and my hit podcast, Better with Dr. Erica. I do all this to help people like you. You show up for work. You show up for friends. You show up for your family. You show up for your community. You often do not show up for yourself. I'm here to put you, 
back in your life. So I need you to take your left hand, put it on your right arm, right hand, put it on your left arm. Give yourself a big squeeze because you know what? You need it and you deserve it. But don't do it if you're driving. You got to wait till you're parked. Sound like a plan? Um, and you know you can find me on Tuesdays at 7 for Growth Groove with Dr. Erica. Better with Dr. Erica is back on track with episodes releasing on Tuesdays. Now I'm going to ask you to do a favor for the podcast. I want you to follow and subscribe to the podcast because I have some bonuses coming and you're going to want to catch them. The next thing is I need you to rate and review it. it helps me get, get even more content because I'm looking forward to doing some big things for you. And, and what we have in store for this next year is some really, really big stuff. And I need all of your help and sending out more love. So until next time, have a better day. Find me on social media at Dr. Erica, D-O-C-T-O-R-E-R-I-C-K-A on all social media and online at betterthepodcast.com. That's betterthepodcast.com. If you like what you heard, tap on that subscribe or follow button, then click share and click rate and review. Now, don't panic if you don't see rate and review. Sometimes it mainly shows up on Apple Podcasts and Audible, but I appreciate hearing your feedback. Check back weekly for new episodes. They drop on Tuesday mornings. Until next time, be better, do better, live better. Better with Dr. Erica. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Healthcare for Humans, hosted by Dr. Sundar, expands our understanding of the history and culture of different communities and how to provide culturally responsive care. There's an episode you should check out where guest Dr. Duran details the systemic barriers faced by individuals with DACA status and highlights the importance of addressing these barriers. Check out Healthcare for Humans on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.